Hello, all of you Slimesters. Welcome to our first episode of Collector's Corner. It was uh, one of our favorite segments of last season. Uh, I think it was last two seasons. And uh, really had a blast with it. But the only thing is, it's only a few minutes. And these collectors have got some really cool stuff. Not to mention, they're just great people in general, and I want to showcase them and their collections a whole lot more. So for this first episode, uh, I had to go with one of the one of the bigs that that I know and love. He's just freaking amazing. So Cat and Manny are alongside me as part of the crew. Hello, Cat. Hello, Manny. Hello, hello. And we have got our buddy Russ Montague, which is still such a freaking cool Shakespearean name. <laughs> I like the pronunciation. You nail it, too. It's <laughs> the first even... time for everything, right, I Alex? Yes. Nail the pronunciation. I can't <laughs> even begin to tell you how excited I was because whenever Brett and I first met him, like, and we were going to introduce him, I was like, okay, now how do you pronounce your last name, Montague? And he's like, yeah, that's it. But... Oh my gosh, I about had a heart attack because I always mess up people's names. I thought you had to spell it phonetically. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, so before we really get into what it is that you have to show us, I've we'll start very simply with what got you into collecting and what is it about Nickelodeon that makes you want to seek out more of these things? Um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's really rare that I get to sort of show off my collection. So, um, I'm actually, uh, I'm Canadian, live in Canada and believe it or not, we did not have Nickelodeon for a very long period of time. And so kind of unorthodox that I would be so utterly obsessed with collecting it, but how the story goes, uh, in like 1990 on a trip to Florida, uh, we stopped off at Pizza Hut. And I got a Doug cup and I suddenly became enamored with this character that I knew nothing about. And that led me on my journey to loving Nickelodeon and just sort of becoming obsessed with it. I think part of being a Canadian and not having access to it drove that obsession. And so we did have a lot of the syndicated shows. Almost every show was syndicated on our Canadian networks called YTV, Youth Television. Um, so it was, everything was syndicated here. But a lot of the bumpers, a lot of those little things were were missing. And um, although I had family that lived in the States that would like just record days and days of Nickelodeon and just mail it to me and I would watch that. So I, I did get a lot of that. I still obsessed over it and I started collecting. I started collecting it every year on the family trips to um, you know, Florida. We would go to Universal Studios. I would go through Nickelodeon Studios. They had great shops there. I'd buy all sorts of stuff. I'd keep everything from the packaging to... You know, I was the first ever Canadian subscriber to Nickelodeon magazine. Um, they sent me a little card. Thank you. You're our first Canadian. You know, it was kind of oh, a neat wow. thing. Nice. And uh, I just became really enamored with the brand itself. So for me, Nickelodeon represents uh, everything that is just so perfect and wonderful about the 90s. And that's really where I, uh, I grew up. Um, it just kind of harkens back to that beautiful, simple time when uh things were just a lot easier and you were a kid and and you know this it was this weird network that came together that was just for kids and i think unless you really lived through it it's it's sort of hard to explain it because it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't quite work the same now uh but to have it when we did have it and um to be able to go through that and live through that uh, it was just this really cool time and so all throughout the 90s and the 2000s, I just started collecting. This is just what I did. This is just what I collected. I was probably the only person collecting it for a while because 
I would just buy, uh, you know, eBay was new. It was a great source to buy stuff. And I would consistently buy things. And I would notice patterns in people selling it. And I would just reach out to them directly and say, you must have worked there. You must have had a ton of stuff. You want to just sell me everything. And they would. And I amassed this massive, huge collection. Fast forward to about 10 years ago. And I thought there must be other collectors out there. And I started searching Instagram and I got linked up with all these really great collectors. And it turns out there are quite a few that really collect things based on both the shows, but also the brand itself. So uh, for me personally, I sort of collect in the golden years, which is like, let's call it 90 to 99. Some people I think would shorten that a bit, but those are, that's the, the years I collect. So it's the classic orange, the classic logo, the splat. Um, I do have my favorite shows, but I tend to try and collect things that are either really uh, in tune with the network or things that are more uh, promotional, things that you really shouldn't own, things that you shouldn't be able to buy. And so, um, and I've just had so many cool experiences because of it. And so it's just this, this wonderful uh, thing in my life. And um, I'm, I guess I'm really blessed to be one of the larger collectors out there, but there are a ton of other great ones as well. So I'm definitely envious of some other collections. No, there's Jesse Russ. I you like to think so sometimes, but <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not true. You've collected all the Nick merchandise there ever is in existence. It's all yours. You know, <laughs> it's so funny too because um, even after all these years, there are items that I've never been able to acquire or haven't found, and suddenly they'll pop up after 10, 15 years of searching. So there's always still something new. In any given year, I hit two or three grails and a bunch of other items, and um, and I still have items on my wish list that I want to get. And um, but it's fun. I think it's the thrill of the of the hunt. It's the thrill of the chase. It's like any collector, right? It's as arbitrary as collecting Pokemon or or you know whatever it might be, right? So um, this is my thing, and uh, the the weirdest part about it is I don't know what to do with it uh, when <laughs> I am no longer here on earth when I, you know, at some point I no longer exist, but theoretically the collection still does. And what do you do with something like this? So I got, I think I had a long time to worry about that, but it is something I think about. And it's pretty cool. The fact that go ahead, Kat. I was going to say, what do you do with it? You create a Nickelodeon museum. Um, and yeah, <laughs> put it on display for everybody. Make Alex I hope very so. happy. <laughs> what you don't do is what I heard that Nickelodeon Studios did, which is just put a lot of stuff in the trash. It's funny you say that. I actually have some really great stories about that. And, you know, I'd love to save that for another podcast because there was, um, so there was a moment in time where um, I started working for uh, Universal and um, they found out I was this big collector. And as the studio shut down, I, I did, I was able to acquire some pieces. So I've got some signs from the studio and I've got, you know, a lot of different stuff. I got to go in the studios after it was closed. I got to do some really cool stuff. Uh, but yes, the garbage is what housed uh, most of it. And that's, that's really a shame. Yeah, it is. Wow. But also the, the fact that being who I've been blessed to get in contact with and uh, every once in a while, they'll, these different people who've worked for Nickelodeon will start posting things up for sale. And as soon as I see it, I'm like, Russ, Carl, you, you two are like the biggest <laughs> all the time. I know. So as soon as I see it, I send it their way. Just, just in case they haven't seen it. I bet they have, but I'm like, ah, if, if just in case, but I, I figured if anybody would appreciate it, it'd be those two. And Carl, I do. And I do. And I do appreciate that. I thank you very much. It's, it, you know, it's really nice 
to have people always on the lookout for me that are like, hey, have you seen this? Hey, this came up for sale. Hey, you know, uh, it definitely helps because, um, yeah, we got to just keep a lookout. And it gets bought up so fast, too. Right? Oh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of collectors trying to recapture their youth now, especially, you know, everybody in the 90s is now in their 30s and 40s, and they've got adult money, and they're trying to, you know, play with that and rebuy their youth. So I'm up a lot against a lot more. I'm not buying items for one or two dollars anymore. I'm buying items for two or three hundred dollars now. Mm-hmm. So it's a different world. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that being said, uh, before we started, you and I were talking earlier and you said you had things kind of dissected into themes. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I've got so much stuff uh, that in order to really come back on this podcast today and do this, I've actually had to start an Excel spreadsheet of everything I'm showing you. So I still have to not duplicate it. You know, uh, I really want to be able to continue to do this and, and to put on a great show. And I'm all about the production value. And, you were talking right you know. up Cat's Alley right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to so, say, <laughs> organizational geek right over here. I totally appreciate so what that. I thought, what I thought would be great was instead of just haphazardly pulling items out, sure. I kind of wanted to group them and almost try and tell a story with them. For me, it's more than just collecting. It's mm-hmm. There's a big passion behind it. And I yeah. love it. And I, you know. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the podcast, you're here because you love it too. And so I think it's more than just showcasing, hey, this is an item and moving on. Mm-hmm. I want to tell a story. So I've got four different groupings with it. And I think they kind of take you on an interesting journey today of the earlier days of Nickelodeon. So a lot of this is going gonna, is gonna to harken back to pretty much no later than 1992, which is super, super early. But I think you guys are going to like what you see. Oh, I'm excited. Nice. And that's exactly that's exactly why I wanted this to be a longer segment so that we could hear these stories that go with this stuff. So no, I'm stoked. Yeah. So love it. So. Would you like me to should I jump in? I'm excited. Jump in. Go oh, for yeah, it. Yes, okay. please. It's it's okay, all guys. you, man. So I put together a whole thing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna riff right now and and uh interject as you like. Um so okay, look, 1979, as we know, the pinwheel network is rebranded Nickelodeon and super early days Nickelodeon. But for the next 11 years, it runs as this really interesting kids network that has very little original programming. So it's all syndicated shows, right? Mr. Wizard's World, Inspector Gadget, Heathcliff, Maya the Bee, which doesn't get enough shout outs. I love Maya the Bee, great theme song. Uh, David the Gnome, which I know lots of people love. And tons of others. But there's a few originals. Nickelodeon dabs in Eureka's Castle, Pinwheel, You Can't Do That on Television. You can't do that on television, Finders Keepers, a couple others. Um, And they have really success with making products, especially for Eureka's Castle. So in 1990, we have this wonderful thing I call the Big Bang, which is when Nickelodeon comes out with their new logo and their orange and the splat and slime and the studio. It all sort of, boom, it all hits. So this is the golden era. One year later, of course, the world sees the launch of the Nicktoons, Doug, Ren, and Stimpy, and Rugrats, alongside a ton of original programming. And 1991 is this huge year for Nickelodeon. Nick News, Salute Your Shorts, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, 15, Welcome Freshman, Clarissa Explains It All, What Would You Do, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? And that's not even all of them, but it's just so important to understand how like, this Big Bang is so immersive but it's not just shows it's i believe it's at this time that nickelodeon realizes the power of products and merchandising so 
What is really exciting here is that Nickelodeon is this network that would do or try anything. And that's why a podcast like this can exist because we're talking about things that are so weird today, but we're so natural back then. And we're so like able to exist. And at this time, they just brilliantly showcase things. So this is this weird intersection between Nickelodeon's like relaunch of their network and this power of merchandising. And that's where my show and tell really starts today. So as it would be, some of the most coveted items, I think, between the collector's community are network promo pieces. Now, what are network promo pieces, right? So in the 90s, you have all these little cable companies all over the U.S. And it was sort of up to each company to decide what channels they would and wouldn't offer their customers. And they kind of, you know, your town and a bunch of towns would all be segmented to one company. And they may offer Nickelodeon, they may not. So these different companies, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, they all start sending this sort of tchotchke out to people. And much like real estate agents, they started slapping their logo onto anything and everything. And these are some really coveted items in the collector's world. I'm going to showcase some of those to you guys today. And I think why they're so collected is, one, they were never sold. Two, they were usually thrown out or broken or whatever. And three. Um, just, I just don't think a lot of them made it to people who cared. And so they just kind of got lost to the times. So you start with some pretty, what I call tame sort of lame stuff, right? So this is, this is the, the arguably tamest, what you would expect, just little mini Nickelodeon Frisbees and they're fun and they're cute and you would throw them around the office and they're not that exciting. And you think to yourself, this is what I expect to see. I mean, but I'm excited just the Frisbees. They're so, they're so tiny, too. They're they're very tiny. And I'm sure there's multiple colors of them. And I I just think they were just throwing them around the office, right? The whole idea was to just keep this brand in front of network execs, if you will. I mean, I get, then, I, I mean, I get Frisbees from Farmer's Insurance, and I'm throwing that around <laughs> the office every day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It never it, – pro, good promo items never change. And so, of course, everybody – clearly needs this wonderful promo item, which is a Nickelodeon Studios beer koozie, which is this kind of weird, funky shape of an item. It's very oddly deep. I don't believe it would keep anything cold based on the, the shape and the excess air inside, but a beautiful little product nonetheless. Nice, lovely orange. I love it. I think it's just a great product. It's a weird product. I think something meant really for alcohol is... is promoting a kid's network. I kind of love that in a sense. <laughs> it's now an experimental time. <laughs> well, you want to talk about experimental times. <clears throat> this is kind of a cool item. It's a, uh, it's, it's a desk Ooh. blimp that was designed to hold both business cards and pens and pencils. Ooh. And I like to think of this sitting on some exec's desk and it doesn't look weird because he's got a bunch of other network crap all over his desk too so this fits in beautifully but it's a really cool it's made of solid wood it's heavy as can be and uh yeah it just fits business cards perfectly and, and two pens and i just can't imagine there was a lot of these made or given out but it is a really beautiful item and it's that classic sort of nickelodeon blimp that we all we all love yeah the nick execs had to have that it had to be all over nick studios and there's another there's another variation of this too that's just all pens, uh, which I don't have, but I have seen that as well. So there was two sort of variations of that made. 
Um, then we've got this kind of fun item, which I have only ever seen one other one in existence, and it's this Nickelodeon foam gavel, which Kids is court. just it's <laughs> like how how absurd is this? And what? I don't even know what the point. What's the point of this, right? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we're in a boardroom meeting, and no, we're bringing Nickelodeon to like. Is that what they thought? What is it? What does the year say know. on that? So the year on this is actually 1995. So this is getting a little wow. later. But still, nonetheless, um, just one of those weird promotional items that, you know, they, again, send to just, just hey, hey we exist. We're a network. Please sell us to your customers. Because I mean, so, that I would it's like because cool. Nickelodeon had, like, different logo shapes. And that was, like, one they said, like, you know what? We should just make the gavel. Well, see, yeah, they, no. and they had that kids' court in the late '80s, so I th I thought maybe that was a late '80s, early '90s thing. But being '95, I I have no idea what the what the motivation was there. Yeah. But it's it's fascinating. Just one of those things. Well, speaking of uh, all the different Nickelodeon shapes, uh, this final piece is kind of straight absurd. It's a Nickelodeon <gasps> footstool, and <laughs> in the shape of a foot. It's literally in the shape of a foot. Um, and so I have funny. no idea what it could be used for. And I could, it, it, it you know, it may not it's come across footstool. in the video, but it's, it is a literal footstool, but it's, it's too, it's too small to be really used. And it's, I mean, it's, it's very breakable and I'm not quite sure really what it would be good for. There's only a couple of these I've seen kicking around and, uh, I've seen some photos <laughs> of, uh, you know, the Nickelodeon studios with them in there. So. A, br a brilliant, a brilliant item. I'm pretty sure that it's just a promo piece for cable networks. And uh, listen, none of that is stuff that you could buy. Uh, it's weird. It's wacky. It's wonderful. And I just love that I've got them. So uh, a little big to display, but you know, we figure it out. Oh, this is so, so cool. I love that. Right. That to me is like just, just really cool, fun stuff. And I think now, so now we're going to get into a little more like the meat and potatoes of collecting. It's kind of like items based off shows themselves. So, but again, this is like promo stuff, which is like really my favorite of it all. So in late 1990, um, as I mentioned earlier, Nickelodeon does this really great partnership with Pizza Hut. They enter into this partnership with Pizza Hut and there's two partnerships that happen. One is Eureka's Castle. And one is for the upcoming Nicktoons. So for Eureka's Castle, there was two items. There was a set of finger puppets, which are less finger puppets, more just molds of the characters you can kind of shove your hand in and not do much. And, and those are readily available. But the things that are actually quite rare are the three plastic cups. And of course, as you remember, the 90s is plastic cup sort of mecca. So these are the three plastic Eureka's Castle cups. And the artwork is just brilliant. It is just so wonderful. And so, of course, you've got Batley and the artwork continues all around and it's got this whole sort of branding and it tells you when to watch and when to tune in. Um, you've got, of course, Magella here at Magellan, sorry. And he's got the same concept of it's almost like these are out of the um, the coloring books, these images, just beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful yeah. images. And then the star of the show, Eureka herself which is arguably the hardest of the cups to find for whatever reason. Uh, and they had a lot of success with this. They had a lot of success with this. And this led them to one of my favorite things to collect, which is the Nickelodeon uh, Nicktoons P 
Pizza Hut combo. Uh, there's just so much weird and wacky that came with it. I'm going to show you guys some of that right now. So continuing in the concept of the cups here, we've got the three Nicktoon launches. We've got Ren and Simpy, we've got Rugrats, and we've got Doug. And these are the color changing cups that came out. So when you pour liquid in them, they turn like a much darker blue. What's interesting about them is the colors are all off. So you can see yeah. Doug is in a totally different color outfit, which I assume for Doug, the green on green would not work well. But, um, you know, Rugrats too, you can see Chucky's got this weird sort of yellow shirt. Tommy's got weird yellow diapers. It's kind of this weird color mishmash. And I think this is at a time when, um, you know, and they all, again, they all say when to watch, they, they, they tune in the times. What's interesting is that this is all stuff that came out actually right before the Nicktoons launch. So this is almost like gearing up towards like, hey, they're coming. But then we continue on with these sort of not as great, but really weird and wacky 3D cups. And they gave you 3D glasses that you put on. And these cups kind of pop out in the way those red and blue 3D glasses would, you know? Um, fun, I suppose. They're all right, but they are part of the Pizza Hut collection and I, and I do love it. And last but not least, in the cup collection, I have some more stuff that is not cups, but You've got the Nickelodeon slime hand. This one's actually advertising Nickelodeon Studios. So now we're moving closer to the opening date of the studios. You've got a super sloppy double dare cup, which has some really terrible uh, dares for you to do, such as um, who is the host of super sloppy double dare? That is a dare. Sure. And last but, <laughs> last but not least is one I love. I think it's arguably the best of the cups is the Halloween Nick or Treat, oh, which glows in the ooh. dark. And it's got one of the uh, wonderful dinosaurs on it. And it's just so, everything about it is just screams Nickelodeon. So pretty fun. A lot of great, a lot of greatness here. <clears throat> so this great partnership's wow. rolling and it didn't stop there. You know, I think a lot of people know that um, Nickelodeon Magazine was actually birthed out of this partnership. And most people think that this is the first issue of Nickelodeon magazine. And while that is arguably true, if you were to purchase it, we all know that this is, in fact, the first issue of Nickelodeon magazine. The coveted Chevy Chase uh, could only get at participating Pizza Huts. And it is weird and wonderful and just full of all sorts of interesting things that, um, I don't know, talk about a whole lot of nothing, VHS and and all sorts of great stuff. And there are scans of this on the internet that you can mm -hmm. get. But I would like to say an interesting point is that there is also a volume two mm -hmm. that features kid in play. And it is incredibly difficult to find. I myself don't even have it. I've only seen it come up once or twice on eBay. It is sold for like five, $600. It's a very, very rare magazine. Mm -hmm. um, and then to end off this, uh, this Pizza Hut uh, thing was these, was these wonderful little guides. And these were sort of handed out and they had all sorts of activities for kids to do, you know, featuring the original three Nicktoons. And um, there are two that I know of. There's also a Rugrats one. And this is the Ren and Stimpy one. I have to assume there's a Doug one. I've just never actually seen it. So I would say of all the things that I can collect, believe it or not, the, the Pizza Hut uh, promo collection is my favorite. And I think that's just because, you know, it brings me back to being 11 years old, going to Pizza Hut, getting this cup, not knowing what it is. And it kind of births this whole journey for me. That is, that is what is my collection today. So um, 
yeah, I wanted to, I really wanted to showcase that to you guys. And uh, I just love it. I just love the old Pizza Hut collections. So now, you know, after Pizza Hut, we fast forward a little to mid-1992. And I think Nickelodeon is seeing this unreal level of success with everything they're doing um, in arguably what is like this really short period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So everything they touch turns to gold. That's the beauty of like from 1990 to 1997. It doesn't matter what they do, it works. So at this stage, I think Nickelodeon starts to get really deep into testing the market with weird and wacky products and eventually produced what I consider to be the greatest product line they've ever come out with, which is Nickelodeon GAC. I think nothing says Nickelodeon like GAC. And it's kind of one of those things where like, if it oozed and dripped and squished, it was like produced by Nickelodeon. That was how the nineties <laughs> ran. Um, and even going, like I, I went into a toy store the other day and the amount of squishy, drippy, gooey things that are back now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can really thank Nickelodeon for that. But I think, well, you know, GAC is produced uh, or is this product that's deeply rooted in everybody's minds. Um, I actually think there's a product that came out just before it that is arguably 10 times more popular, but for one reason or another, it didn't get the same light of day that GAC did. And so while almost everyone had GAC, I think hardly anyone had this super familiar product and it's an on-screen product. And I'm talking about slime. Nickelodeon slime is just what we know Nickelodeon for. And yet we think about GAC when we play with it. But interestingly enough, right before the launch of GAC, Nickelodeon did produce slime and hardly anybody knows about it. And it was so shortly produced that it just really doesn't resonate. So I'm gonna show you guys GAC first, which you, which you know, right? You understand how GAC looks on a blister card. Solar pretty, GAC. Ooh. This is Solar GAC, which is actually one solar of the more GAC. rare. I remember that commercial. Solar GAC is one of the more uh, uh, sort of rare GACs, if you will. Like, I didn't want to just show any GAC. And one day I'll come on and show my whole GAC collection. I almost have the entire thing. I think I'm missing two smell my GACs, but that's about it. I had the hot <laughs> but, dog kind. <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you had a smell my gack, you will never forget that scent. It, I'll it never forget like, trying to eat it too. It was oh no, it was bad. So this is what gack looks like. We all know that, but what a lot of people don't know is its twin brother here, slime, almost identically packaged, and in a different sort of drip cup, uh, sort of drip you know container. Uh, same same concept. It was basically the same consistency, but it was slime. And I don't know why one took off versus the other. You would think this would naturally be the front runner with the yeah, how, slime geyser. With yeah, how you could Nickelodeon not market slime? I agree. <laughs> well, I don't remember gets, that being sold at all. Here, so so let's go down this slime rabbit hole a little bit further. So another GAC product that a lot of people don't know about is GAC Pack. Now, this is the really rare product of GAC. So you've got three types of GAC in one sort of jumbo pack with this really nice kind of indented top that's sort of molded. Um, and this is a really nice one. This was actually factory sealed. I have a couple downstairs that aren't sealed, but this one is a really beautiful piece. And for years in the slime world, all we had was what I just showed you. And then we had one other item, but that item was only in a Mattel catalog. And it was a bucket of slime that looked exactly like 
this, although it was never produced and sold to public, or so we thought, until this year when I was actually able to acquire a bucket of slime. So this is no different than the GAC pack. It is a full bucket of Nickelodeon slime released the same year with that same wonderful sort of molded top and the beautiful Nickelodeon graphics. And to be honest, I've never seen another one. This is the first one I've ever seen. Um, as soon as I acquired this, uh, it was a very interesting moment because the eBay seller reached out to me and said, I've had four or five different people uh, who missed out on this, who have asked for your contact information. Um, and those people reached out to me and, and, and tried to acquire this. So I really do think this is quite a rare piece. There's got to be a couple more in existence, but in 30 years of collecting, this is the first and only one I've ever seen. And uh, it's really nice to know that they just made this product. I just love the fact that because there are some Nickelodeon products that have been showcased, uh, such as the computer collection, which I will get into in another show, where there's products on there that, although exist in the promotional pictures, were never produced. So uh, beautiful piece. I love this piece. It's a total grail, Nickelodeon slime. I can't go wrong with slime. But why did, why did slime fail where GAC succeeded? And GAC had eight or nine types of GAC, Smell My GAC, Solar GAC. Uh, you know, glow-in-the-dark GAC, uh, magnetic GAC, all the different colors, different sizes. And then it had the GAC factory and all sorts of different, you know, GACoids and all sorts of different things. Why did GAC take off and Slime didn't when Slime was in like nearly every show and bumper? And I don't know. I don't have that answer. Um, but I'm okay with it because GAC is so awesome and I love it. So I am now bringing you guys to the final part of my collector's corner tonight, which is this sort of thing I, I call brought to you by Nickelodeon, because I think these items are so absurd and weird uh, and wonderful and yet puzzling uh, that only Nickelodeon could have produced them. So look, it's no secret that Nickelodeon has always been known for gross out humor, um, stuff that really appealed to kids. And I'm, you know, I'm really looking at Ren and Stimpy in that, in that category. They kind of, you know, did that gross out humor, but uh, for some reason that I don't understand, Nickelodeon got deep into the toilet paper game. And so believe it or not, I have four different examples. Four is four too many. Um, four different examples of toilet paper I'm going to show you. And one of them is an extremely, extremely rare collectible, uh, you know, argued by many as a total grail piece if they have it. So I'm going to start with the a weird, they're all weird, but I'm going to start with a weird one here. This is Nickelodeon. <laughs> I mean, how, how do I sugarcoat it? It's all weird. This is Nickelodeon note paper that is um, literally a roll of toilet paper, but it is a notepad. And the idea here is you peel off every piece and use it as a as a notepad. I guess like a like a sideways sticky notepad, although they're not sticky. And theoretically, as you get closer and closer to the center, those pieces of paper would be really coiled and really like terrible to work with. So I don't even think for a function this works, but um, it does exist. And I like to think of some kid having this in his backpack at school and this was his go-to. There had to be one kid who used this like religiously at school. So I like the Guaranteed. It's like Guaranteed. register tape. It really is. Like cash register really, tape. It's really weird. Like it is, it's, it's exactly that. Somebody saw register tape and toilet paper and said, there's a product. There's gotta be a product there. So now we move on. <laughs> to um, this wonderful company called Trendsetters. And boy, are they ever. Uh, they came out with this really great Ren and Stimpy actual 
toilet paper. And so this is a, a roll of, uh, of, of just that. And it's, um, it's very weird and it's very wonderful. And it's um, facial quality, according to the, according to the sticker on it. Uh, facial quality? You wipe it, it on your cheeks. Yeah. It literally says facial quality. So I can imagine someone going to sneeze and someone saying, oh my God, get the Ren and Snippy toilet paper. Like I really need to. <laughs> But I don't know. I don't know what mothers are out there shopping for toilet paper by the individual roll uh, for their kids' bathrooms. But um, yeah, and I like. I also like to think that at some point in the early '90s, some bachelor had this and uh, brought his date home, and that was the last date she she saw that and left. So I'm assuming they had like to produce a... this in. It's like a Spencer's gifts, you know, type yeah. of thing. If you are familiar with that, I don't know if they're still around. They probably they're still are. around. Spencer's gifts. They're yeah. still around. And I do believe that is where you would find it. And so, um, interestingly enough though, by the same company trendsetters, uh, is this weird role of, of Nickelodeon toilet paper. And the, the best and slash worst part about this is that it, has a spot that says splat zone which i think oh, no. is very questionable <laughs> alex quickly are you marked and set squirt oh no so it's, um, there's actually two there's two warnings on this only so, two there's a warning there's there's splat zone also spurt alert oh my gosh worse is, is no better and i just don't know who, who was like i'm gonna put splat zone on toilet paper if i was in marketing i totally would they i think... knew what they were doing when they did that oh, they yeah. totally knew 100%. somebody went for it somebody did it and it got approved and they went home to their family and they said you're not gonna believe this you're not gonna believe what i just got away with so um and i love it and it's so weird and it's and it's so unnecessary it's a level it it creeps past unnecessary into like a realm of like just shouldn't even exist and um only Nickelodeon, right um and the last item is actually just a really cool item and um something you know some people have seen before i think um Nickelodeon Studios opens and they throw this massive party and the story goes they went all out one of the things they went all out with was even their toilet paper and so this is a roll of actual Nickelodeon Studios toilet paper from the launch party somebody went around grabbing a bunch of them right they had six or seven of them I think that was all that was left and um, very few have ever ended up on eBay so this is a full roll. Uh, there are a couple rolls out there that people have started to break off pieces and sell the pieces individually, um, and they sell, believe it or not. But such a cool item, such a coveted item. Uh, Nickelodeon Studios itself. Um, this was in the studios. That's the beauty of it. So that is that is the journey I am I am taking you guys on today, and I hope you guys love. Uh, oh. the products and we kept it nice and early you know i kept so it great i kept it no later than 92 uh and next time we'll start to creep up and if you think splat zone toilet paper was weird i think we barely scratched the surface of weird. <laughs> no so, doubt i'm sure <laughs> oh, no i'm doubt. excited that was great did great awesome. job oh man that was is, fun is there a, a current white whale you're looking for what's number one on your wish list right now 
You know, it's interesting. You it, the it liberty has, to say. I was thinking, you know what? I, I, so here's the thing. I used to be like that. I used to be like, I'm not going to talk about how I collect and, you know, I don't want any competition. Um, but it's the other way around now. I actually, competition's an interesting thing because it, um, it actually showcases to the world that, that these things are valuable and people start to say to themselves, oh man, I've got some of that stuff. I should dig that out. Put it up. So the more competition that's emerged, the more stuff that's come onto the market. For me right now, um, the white whale has always been the same white whale and that's an actual aggro crag. So I don't own the piece of the, you know, the, the radical glowing rock. Um, I do own um, um, some metals, actual metals from guts. I own a mini aggro crag that was used um, in the show, The Challenge. They did a thing with Mountain Dew where it was, uh, you know, yes. in Times Square. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Alex, I showed you that last time. So mm -hmm. I own that. Um, but an actual aggro crag, I don't own. And there are a bunch that exist. A lot of people don't think they exist, but they actually produced like the full hundred of them. And most of them have probably been destroyed. There are several that do exist. So that's, that's kind of my white whale. But, you know, I was actually really lucky last year. I, I got a bunch of things I was looking for. I was looking for the, um, the fruit roll-ups that were, there was, there was two sets of fruit roll-ups that mm -hmm. were produced. Mm -hmm. um, I, prior to, and I, and I brought them on the last show, and prior to actually getting those, I owned the original cell, the hand-painted cell that was used to print the boxes. So I never had the fruit roll-up boxes. I just had this cell. And so last year, somebody put both boxes up and I got them. Um, so that was one of my white whales. And then um, this slime bucket was actually another one. But I just didn't think it existed. Uh, and then last but not least that I got last year was the uh, computer, the monitor frame. Uh, I had one, but not in the box. So I got one in the box. And that was, that was a big deal for me. But you know what's interesting? There's this weird thing that, that happens. And I think most collectors go through this where you spend 15 years looking for one item and it surfaces and you buy it and a week later another one comes up and you're mm -hmm. like what the heck just happened <laughs> and that has happened so many times so i spent six seven years looking for this monitor frame got one a week later got one in a box a week later another one's on ebay the the fruit roll-ups i've spent a decade looking for i got them there's one literally on there right now another one up for sale as we speak that ends tomorrow. So it's just the way it goes. And um, for years, smell my gaff, you couldn't find any of it. And then last year I found every single one. So I think it's it's just this weird thing. Um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's interesting white whales that exist that until they come up, you didn't even know they existed. They're just like promotional True. pieces. And then the minute they come up, you're like, that's my new white whale, I gotta have it. And if I miss it, I gotta set a search for it. I gotta hunt it down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would love, you know, I would love some weird stuff too. I'd love an original stick stickly. Um, you know, does that even exist anymore? I don't know, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm just going to keep collecting and keep digging. It's the way you got to do it. Right. You can never stop. No. Yeah. Some, some of it's the thrill of the chase too. It's always a thrill of the chase. It's that, yeah. it's that heartbeat moment where the minute left in an auction and you know, you can see people sniping it and you know what your, your max bid is and you're trying to time it out perfectly. And, um, or there's that moment where someone reaches out to you and says, Hey, I see you collect stuff. I've got some stuff. Are you interested? And suddenly they have these incredible items and you, and you just get stuff that you shouldn't, again, you shouldn't have, you know, they took stuff home from, from productions or from the studios or from whatever it might be. Um, yep. 
it's just wild. And I think, you know, last year there was a big item, um, the, uh, this, this big Nickelodeon sewer plate. I think that you guys, some of you might've seen that went up for auction and it mm-hmm. went for like $23,000. It was some wild, you know, and I was in, I, w- I got out at around 10,000, you know, I was bidding up until that mark. And, uh, uh, I had no idea. I thought maybe three, 4,000, it would go for, and it went up past 20. And so wow. it just shows you how expensive incredible. these things are. It's incredible. There. It's incredible how people are willing to just pay for so pay so much to recapture their youth. Because yeah. I did see this Legends of the Hidden Temple item. It's a golden idol. It's I think it's right. still on eBay and it's like five thousand dollars. It's been on there for a long time, hasn't yeah. it, Russ? Because you've and been I bought yeah. it. So it's been on there for a ton of time. I spoke to the gentleman. He's actually a really good good guy. Um I think it's way overpriced. It, you know, I saw um, Alex, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, some of the actual pendants that were used mm-hmm. sold and they sold for less. And those are key items that sold for less, you know, and this is just a, a neat prop piece, but it's got a lot of wear and tear, a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to make it out in the episodes. You know, you can find it, but it's, um, yeah, you'll blink and you'll price, miss it. Yeah, it's exactly it. And his price point is through the roof. And I sort of said to him, look, his price point's like $4,000. I said, I think if you, if you drop it to half, um, you'll get some bites on it. And so and that's, that's a lot of it too. You know, I see a lot of these, um, there's a lot of items that come up on eBay and sometimes I'll reach out to the people and I'll say, Hey, look, you know, um, this item's really worth this price. And I think if you drop it to that price, you'll sell it at a great value. And sometimes they're really appreciative. And sometimes they're like, get out of here. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, man. Like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Sure. Like whatever, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a Nickelodeon kids choice award right now. And I think it's like $22,000. It's Jennifer Lopez. Um, and it's from, Jeez. you know, it's, it's, it's on there and it's got some damage and whatnot. I really think that's a $5,000 piece. And I think at that point it, it pops, right. Because it appeals to the trophy and award group. It appeals to the Nickelodeon group. It appeals to Jennifer Lopez fans. Uh, but at 22,000, I don't think there's any chance of it. So, um, you know, it's a weird, it's an interesting thing, right? Collecting Nickelodeon stuff is, is weird and wonderful. And, um, and it's really cool that you guys have these podcasts that I can, showcase this stuff to to more people because without people viewing it and seeing it you know it's like it's just sitting on your shelf and you never know who is going to appreciate that because i'm Mm -hmm. sure there's tons of people Mm -hmm. that love this so it's like the three of us here it's like absolutely it's so you know it's so great to interact with people that do love it and um it's interesting through this you know i've got a friend uh, Sebastian, who's another collector in the market, and um, he's actually a puppeteer on Sesame Street, which is like arguably the coolest oh, job oh, anyone awesome. can have. Yeah. And um, he came to he came to Toronto. Alex, Alex and... is knocked out. He just, he just <laughs> beast of my heart. Listen, he's he and he's the coolest guy you could meet too. And he came to Toronto and he rang me up and he was like, "I got to come out and see it." And so he came out and saw everything, and it was this wonderful moment of these of two Nickelodeon collectors coming together and just like geeking out for hours over all this stuff. And he has his own collection. Um, and uh, just, it was just a really wonderful moment. And I hope to have more of those moments with people. I, I want to, I want to do that. I want to plan a trip to yes. ca- to Canada. Please. I want to go to there. To <laughs> <laughs> Please come out. It's a wonderful place. I'll take you through my collection. Uh, I'm one of those people that you can touch it all, you can put it on, you can you can play with it, you can do whatever. You know, it's one of those. Uh, it should be enjoyed. Don't use be... the toilet paper. Yeah, don't use. <laughs> don't the use toilet. The, yeah, don't don't use. Don't don't get into the splat zone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you have a spurt alert. 
<laughs> oh, oh gosh dude russ you never disappoint man you're always fantastic every single time we have you on uh i i definitely see see that uh five time splat attack jacket in your future for sure uh <laughs> once again as always for anyone who's not following you who would like to follow you where can they find you at so you can find me on instagram at nickelodeon underscore collector and from there, if you jump through my followers, you will find many other wonderful Nickelodeon collectors who have incredible collections. And if you like what you see on my page, you will love what you see on their page. And um, I implore you to check all of us out. It's a great trip down memory lane. And uh, I think you'll see that we collect a lot of stuff. I'm really into things from Saved by the Bell and Full House and all those TGIF shows. So it's, uh, it's not just Nickelodeon. It's a whole world of stuff. And hopefully uh, this this series will keep going for a while because I'd love to get in touch with those other collectors and have them on and feature their collections as well because there, there's love so it. much. They'd love Absolutely. it. There's so much, and and I want to hear stories. I want to check all this stuff out. Uh, we that, That's one of the cool things about doing things like this where I, I can't travel there, but we can do this digital thing where that way we can showcase all the stuff to people who would appreciate it. So, Russ... Thank you so much for taking the time and and orchestrating this whole thing, dude. I I was an audience. The three of us were audience members. You were you were headliner for yes. this episode. So thank you so much, dude. You killed it. Total pleasure, you, by it's, the way. Yeah, awesome to meet you. You guys are wonderful. It, it is. I love I love this podcast. I love the quality of production you guys bring to it. I love the fact that that it just brings up these constant warm fuzzies of like what life was like back then you know i never know what the next episode's going to be it's always something wonderful and uh, just to be a, a small part of what you guys do is so cool so thank you and the honor's all mine oh, our pleasure oh thank you i'm following you right now actually <laughs> <laughs> i love it well for all of you slimesters out there if you enjoyed this episode please hit the like button comment below what your favorite item was that russ had to share and make sure to give russ a follow over on instagram solid guy and Thank all of you for tuning in and watching or listening, and we'll see you on the next Collector's Corner. Spot you later. I was just going to say something really quick. The coolest thing about you owning this collection, especially in the beginning with the 80s and the 90s, is that today markets would never go for this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a rarity having this and that you own it. It's truly amazing and definitely one of a kind.